Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Bent with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I always say, we've got a great show for you. We've got Danny Taylor coming on. She's doing some great things out there, and we're excited to talk a little bit about her story and some music and just see where this goes. So, Danny, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing I'm good. Doing good. <clears throat> Oh, now, thanks for being here today. This year, I always start the show the same way. Hopefully, mm -hmm. next year, I won't have to. Hopefully. <laughs> probably the beginning of the year, I probably still will have to, but mm -hmm. hopefully, eventually, I won't have to. But how right. has COVID affected you, and what are you doing to maneuver through that? Um. Well, uh, I have to be kind of careful because I do have asthma and an autoimmune disease, so mm -hmm. I haven't been able to go out and play. So it's affected me that way. And also a lot of places in Nashville are closed. So I've been, I came back to Arizona last week or like a couple of days ago um, because I just, I, you know, with the holiday season coming up and like COVID like coming back around too, I figured I'd prefer to be with family out here on the ranch right. um, yeah. than an apartment in Nashville. <laughs> not I understand like, that. Yeah. The nice thing is like you can create music during COVID, um, the downfall is the market's flooded with music, so it's kind mm -hmm. of hard to mm -hmm. listen to, especially if you are a new artist. Like, you know, I just put out, like, my debut single this, this August. So mm -hmm. if you're already established, it's like people are, you know, going to be listening to you because they know of you. But, like, being a new artist coming out during the flooded market, it's it's rough. But um, I got some things planned, and uh, I'm hoping that – you know, next year, hopefully this vaccine works and we can kind of find some new normalcy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's like for us, our show, you know, we launched a show January 3rd of this year and our original plan was a hundred interviews first year. We thought if we did that, we'd be yeah. ahead <laughs> of the schedule, be a great, get mm -hmm. into 2021. And then COVID happens. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, you know, this is our opportunity. We just yeah. need to go all out give artists like you and actors and all that a place to just talk yeah and because of that we're at a, if i'm not mistaken you're your interview number 279 i think that's oh, wow. right wow <laughs> that's so we'll, we'll we should hit 300 somewhere around december 8th or 9th if i figured right yeah <laughs> Well, congratulations on that. <laughs> well, thanks. Oh, thanks. Definitely been crazy. It has. So before we really get into your story, um, tell us a little bit of hobbies you like to do outside of music. Um, well, right above me, painting. Well, I don't know. If you know. <laughs> it's a little flip. Um, I paint. Um, ride horses. Um, I'm really into uh, raising Great Danes. Um, animals, just dogs in general. Um was into photography for a long time. I'm kind of like a Renaissance woman. I like get into things and then, um, <laughs> but music has always been like, you know, the main focus. Um, yeah. Yes. Definitely, you know, I'm cooking and baking and hiking. Like I just went on a sunrise hike this morning with a friend. Oh, wow. Oh, awesome. I do a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say is something quirky about you? Quirky? Um, uh, I suppose, like, I'm kind of a history nerd in a weird way. Like, I know just, like, random facts about things. And uh, I don't know. Mm. Like, I'll just be somewhere, and I'll be talking to somebody, and I'll just, like, spit out a random fact about something. Like, I'm very knowledgeable. Just you should go on like, Jeopardy. 
Yeah, my dad does the same thing. He's with her. I'm not good with dates, though. Like, don't ask me dates. <laughs> yeah, I love stuff like that. Um, just, like, weird random facts. <clears throat> that's, that's pretty awesome. cool. So, you know, a lot of people, they ask, when did you know you wanted to do music? But I'd like to go a little further than that. When did it click, that moment that you knew this could be a career? Um, man, so... I, I mean, obviously, I first started out, you know, when I was a kid doing musicals, and then it didn't really click for me until um, I was in college, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that's, I have my degree in, my bachelor's in English, so it was after a breakup, and then I just started writing songs, and I'd never done that before, um, <laughs> and I was still taking, like, you know, singing lessons, and then I actually started writing songs, and then it just clicked. I don't know. It just one day all of a sudden oh, I was wow. like, I want to do this. And then it was like after listening to a Patsy Klein song, I started doing a bunch of Patsy Klein covers and posting them mm. on Facebook. And they were getting some really good traction. And uh, I decided that country music was the way to go and went on. And uh, that's how it kind of just clicked for me. And I made the move to Nashville. I visited oh, wow. for the first time in like, it was 2017 was the first time I visited. And it was during the eclipse. So I got to see solar eclipse for the first time. <laughs> so cool. That was oh, a wow. experience. Um, wow. And I got a really great taste in Nashville during that trip. And it definitely solidified me moving to Nashville. I moved like three months later. <laughs> so how's Nashville treated you since you've been there? Um, it's kind of a hard road. I'm not going to lie. It's, <laughs> it's definitely very competitive, especially as a female artist, because, you know, hmm. um, there's only oh so many like spots for like a female artist. And also again, yeah. it's just, like, yeah. so many people and there's so much talent that mm -hmm. it, it was really, really hard the first, you know, year and a half. And then a lot of people, there's also different avenues you have to go down. You know, some people are, you know, going to be singing on Broadway and then there's people who just do writer's rounds or mm -hmm. you know, everyone has like their thing. Um, and this year's kind of shown that you have to do social media, which is honestly my preference, but it does get a little tiring after a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We understand that. We and, and it's like a double-edged sword for social media because the social media, it's easy to get, you can get attraction, but you can't get traction, you know, yeah. because, because, you know, you can be noticed, but then there's, thousands of others that are doing it too because you know mm -hmm. back before it was like all raw talent to get you where you wanted to go now because of social media everybody who has raw talent has the same opportunity as you do and yeah. it makes it that much more difficult yeah. like you were saying and then also like social media the problem i see with it and that i've experienced this year is the algorithms <laughs> of these platforms are changing, um, making it way harder for your stuff to get noticed, like your content to be noticed. Like on Facebook, like you have to boost a post for even your own people to see it. And same with Instagram. Instagram's mm -hmm. the same way. It's very hard to get noticed if you're not yeah. already solidified. And because their algorithm pushes, you know, certain mm -hmm. things out of the way, like it's very frustrating. That's why TikTok is a great, great, um, App, but the issue with that is also the algorithm you never know oh. i had a 15 second video go viral i had like 2 million views and wow. i wasn't wow. it had nothing to do with music all i said was i wasn't going to date for six months 
That was literally it. That's all I said. I got 2 million views and that went viral, but like me singing a song can't go viral. Like I just don't. I don't understand the algorithm. Um, So there's that. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's very interesting um, social media. Yeah, and we definitely understand that because we we, even with our page, it's like, our show makes no money right now. So we can't just pour money into it yes. that we don't have. And we have to depend on people sharing. And if you're listening to this and watching this, please share, share, share. And if you're watching the replay, share, share, share. It helps so but much. We have to depend yeah. on other people right now until we get to the point where we can bring sponsors and all that on. Yeah. And it's a tough world, no matter what part of in the industry you're in within it music, is. which is a perfect lead in. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't ask for a better lead in <laughs> for where we're about to go. Um, yeah. As you know, a lot of people, they see the glory of a Blake Shelton, of a Miranda, of a Carrie, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes, not just to get to their level, but to get to even a career level in music. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's not talked about enough. And I always said, you know what, on our show, we're going to talk about it on every episode because I think it's, one of the most important things to be talked about. I'm going to tell a quick story that helped guide us where I want this to go. But back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls. And at that time, they were full-time with music. And I'll never forget the answer she gave us when I asked her what advice she'd given up-and-coming artists. She said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time, but if your heart will allow you to do something else, if you can see yourself doing anything outside of music, Go do that and just keep music as a hobby. She said, because the moment you want it to be a career, everybody owns a piece of your life. Your friends and relatives never understand because they invite you to weddings, to cookouts, to weekends, um, to holidays. And and, and they don't understand because they they have a nine to five. Theirs clicks off at five. An artist doesn't click off. It's 24 seven. You can't say when you're in the grind mode, you can't say no to a gig. And you definitely can't don't want to be one of them artists that cancels gigs once you've got it. So even though that that wedding is their special day, you can't just give up that gig because everybody's on the line there. So there's so much there. But then she added, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of me, if you can't see yourself doing anything else. I think I lost you for hello. Looks like it. Oh, you oh, here? My back. Sorry. Yeah, back. Out here in the desert. <laughs> yeah, you guys. Did you hear us? Or? Yeah, I could hear you. I didn't hear the last. Okay. Sentence. Okay. Right. So, so what do you think about what she said about being all in? If you know you can't see yourself doing anything else, and let's talk about that side of it. No, I 100% agree with it. Um, I honestly can't see myself doing anything else, and anything else would doing anything else would make me sad. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I mean, there comes a time in many artists' lives uh, that never made it. You know, sometimes it's just not in the cards and you kind of have to accept it because uh, not everyone can make it, you know. And but mm-hmm. I'm obviously not at that point yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I do think about it sometimes, but I mean, I'm, I do, I, right now it's just about enjoying the journey. Um mm-hmm. But what's also interesting about that is like there is a lot of sacrifice to be made. And I was actually speaking about it with my friend who's also an artist, Elena Miles. And we were talking about how people that have nine to five jobs can enjoy like they look forward to holidays and look forward to something like 
Halloween because that's like their day to shine. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, we didn't even dress up for Halloween. <laughs> Like we just don't look forward to it because we're just like constantly thinking about music and like we're always dressing up and we realize like wow a lot of people don't experience what we experience like doing photo shoots and video shoots like people don't do that people aren't like on stages yeah. but for us yeah. it's like a normal and it's like it's definitely a different kind of life um, but yeah <laughs> now when it comes to like holidays we're just like too tired to even care. <laughs> <laughs> so focused on music that it's, it's just the grind that gets you and by the time it's a holiday we just want to relax more than anything yes and i always like to talk about this because again like you were saying they don't a lot of times people don't understand or you might have an artist that's getting ready to step into this arena and they mm -hmm. need to know that this ain't easy because you know a lot of people they think you just get on stage and and you have fun and although that's fun to you in mm -hmm. those two hours, one hour, whatever it is, mm -hmm. outside of that is where the work is. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of work outside of, like, stage is, like, easy, honestly. It's just being yourself, in my opinion. Like, I don't, mm -hmm. I know some people, like, struggle with it, but mm -hmm. my best advice for anyone that's stepping into the arena for the first time and going on stage is uh, just be yourself. Because if you're trying to like put on a show, it's just not going to feel natural and the audience isn't going to listen. Um, people just like to hear like your internal monologue, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, there is a lot of work to be done like outside of the stage. It's, um, <laughs> every, I mean, I, you know, I'm my own graphic designer. Like I make all my graphic designs, oh, wow. all my ads, I make all of my, mm -hmm. I, I'm my own stylist. I find my own videographer. I don't have a manager. Like, I go out and, you know, book my own shows. I find my own band. Like, I do all of this, like, on my own. Um, I've even made, like, uh, my album art cover. Um, I do have some help sometimes with that because I'm very particular about what I want. Sometimes I don't know what I want. Um, but most of the time, you have to do it all yourself. You're literally, you're, you're your own manager. You're your own graphic designer. You're your own stylist. You're your own pep talk person like mm -hmm. it is a lot of work and it really it, it is a lot <laughs> <laughs> now that we talked about that side of it talk about the reward side that that leads to mm -hmm. tell us a few moments where you're like wow i got to do that um one of the coolest moments i ever had was on stage and it was to my song man a few words which came out october 9th this year and the first, it was the first time I ever sang it out live. Mm -hmm. And I just remember the room being really, really loud. And I just like closed my eyes, which I don't normally do while singing. Yeah. <laughs> don't recommend that. It looks kind of weird. But I was like closing my eyes and I was just like telling myself, like, I just want everyone to be quiet. <laughs> mm -hmm. As I'm like singing this song and there was a guy in the front row just talking really loud. And I was like, please shut up. And um uh, mm -hmm. By the last chorus, you could hear a pin drop in the room. And oh, then wow. by the time I finished singing, you there was you couldn't hear anything. And then no one clapped until the guitarist like was done playing. So like that's how I knew I, I had a really good song. And I like had the room. It was one of my most favorite experiences I've ever had. And that that's a great reward is just knowing that like you held a room mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. You don't know it until you experience it. I don't know how yeah. to do it, but yeah, it was really wild. <laughs> really nice. 
Uh, I hope to do that again someday if the world ever goes back to normal. Uh, <laughs> another one that was cool was like on TikTok, um, my song Girl Most Likely, my debut single, which came out in August. This girl, they do these challenges where it's like you blind listen to a song. Someone will send you a song. So you'll like listen to it, but you'll videotape yourself listening to it for the first time. And you know, huh. Girl Most Likely is like a female empowerment song or just like an empowerment song in general um, for the underdogs. You know, people mm -hmm. that were told mm -hmm. they can't accomplish anything. You know, when the universe feels like it's against you, like you still like are out there, you know, grinding and, and you keep going at it. And uh, yeah. it was really yeah. cool to see like her reaction. This girl's like, I don't know, <laughs> she's probably 13 or something, but to see her like smile to being the girl most likely, like, it just made me happy that someone, you know, felt better. I don't know what that girl was going through, but like I, you could see on her face that it made her feel better. And that, that was really nice. Yeah, that's definitely rewarding. Now, I forgot to ask you before the show, so kind of put you in the spot here. Yes. Were you going to perform a song for us or? No, I don't have my guitar with me. Okay. Listen, okay. I, 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 forgot, I completely forgot to yeah, ask. I usually, I usually ask so I know. Yeah. And, and again, Sometimes people know that they're going to perform a song. I mean, I got to hate to get through the whole thing. And you right. thought you were going to so ask, like, oh, I better ask. So, yes. But if you want, get your PR people to send a song, and I can insert it in right here um, okay. for the audio for the audio side. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that works. <clears throat> so whatever song you're, you're going to get them to send, tell us a little bit about that song and how that came about. Gosh, I don't want... Well... I'm not sure my most recent release or my most favorite. <laughs> I only released uh, three songs this year. Two are going to be were released um, for this upcoming EP that's coming out in February of next year. Okay. Um, and my most recent one is just like a special little Christmas song called "Does It Snow in Nashville." Maybe I'll send that one. Um, but preferably I like man, a few words because it's, it's just a very sweet song. Um, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I wrote it in mind for people, you know, that are dating men that yeah. it's about a man that I've literally never dated. So that's kind of funny. I wrote a song about me never experiencing <laughs> something. Um, <laughs> I, that's yeah. one of the only songs I've ever written from like pure imagination, but oh, it's cool. a song I appreciate cool. You know, men in general, generally, like, women talk more. It's like, you know, verbal language for women is far, like, we do, we use it more than men do. It's just, you know, science. Um, and I men talk are more much action. Hard, so. men, men are more, <laughs> yeah, men are more, more. Like, action-oriented, you know? <laughs> so mm -hmm, it's just right. showing appreciation for men who are more action-oriented and, yeah. like, shit. Yeah. Which is a lot. There hasn't been a song about, like, quiet guys. Um, so it's really... Yeah really special song for, for cool. people like yeah. I love that. Now, as you know, a lot of people, they see the artists, but they don't see the team. And I don't think the team, they don't see like the PR people, the producers, the managers, and I don't think they get enough love in my opinion. So I always said on our show, they'll get the love they deserve. Oh, so yes. you want to take a couple of minutes and just kind of talk about the team that helps you be who you are. So my co-writers, um, you know, who's written like my entire EP with me uh, is Will Rambo and Cherie Austin. I uh, love them. They're amazing. They're like my Nashville mom and dad. Um, the, my producers, Brad Hill and Dave Thompson, they produced my entire EP. Um, they did not produce my Christmas song, 
My Christmas song, Does It Snow Nashville, was written, co-written and produced with um, Travis Howard. And he lives, he's like based in LA and he does a lot of work um, with TV and uh, who else? Um, kind of have a small team here because I've... <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously uh, my publicity company who, you know, really helped me establish myself so far this mm -hmm. year like as a new artist um scott adkins um awesome. yeah <clears throat> so um what's your parents think of all this is happening now um of music or just like yeah. what's going on yeah. here oh, um yeah. music so they you know they were like on board with it when i first moved to nashville they were like okay like and you know, oh, did I freeze? Oh, you're you're good now. You're good now. Um, you know, they they supported me, but they didn't really like were on board until maybe like a year and a half ago. Oh wow! And they just I don't know something just clicked, and now they like support it all. So they never <laughs> not supported it. I mean, when I was a kid, hundred percent. Since I was mm. like all the way through college until I got my degree, they were like you need to be a doctor because oh, wow. when I was a child, I, I wanted to be a doctor. I was like mm -hmm. really obsessed with oh wow. like plastic surgery shows. I was obsessed with like weird. I don't know. I was obsessed with like medical mysteries and yeah. <laughs> one of those like weird kids that really love that stuff. Um, so for a long time, you know, even at first my degree in college was biology. So, oh, wow. but I don't know. It just didn't feel right. I honestly didn't want to go to college. I'm, I'm happy I did, but like personally, I wish I would have just moved out to Nashville. Yeah. And you know, a lot, that's a dilemma that a lot of artists, young artists have is, is, you know, there's a lot of artists that we've had on the show where the parents have been behind them since day one, but there's other artists where the parents still not behind them. Yeah. And, that, and, but, and it's tough. Stories. It's tough enough to make it without mm -hmm. the parents support out there. Yeah. Um, so I, that's another reason why I like to talk about the parent side on our show is because I want parents who watch this to realize you you can't, you know, you may be stealing a dream from, mm -hmm. from your kids. I, Cause I've got friends of mine who are say 10, 15 years in their career and um, they're miserable. Yeah. And, and you sit down with them and you, and you talk to them and you're like, well, you know, how can you be miserable? You know, you have this great lifestyle. You got this great family. You got this awesome career. And some of them will stop you and say, oh, the career is the problem. And like, well, you went to four, six years of college for that career. How can that be the problem? And they're like, well, this ain't what I wanted to do. I had other ideas, but my parents or my friends or my guidance counselor all said there's no money there. And yeah. they said, this is where the money's at. You need to chase the money. And mm -hmm. they, they literally and, and they said, I did that. So now they're making seventy five hundred hundred fifty thousand a year and they are completely miserable because yeah. they've they've given up 20 years of their life when they could have been pursuing their passion. Yeah, no, that's just really unfortunate. I think also. That has to deal with, you know, how you were raised as well. Mm -hmm. Like, even though my parents weren't on board with music as first, at first, um, I was raised to be very independent and I've always been independent. Yeah. Like, 
mind. Like no one can tell me what to do. It's just <laughs> always been like that. Like, you know, mm-hmm. um, randoms. I, I mean, I, I was a very smart child. Um, I would not allow adults to try to tell me what to do. I knew right from wrong. And I like would not listen to adults if they had bad intentions. Like if they were trying to like tell me what to do, I'm like, no, that's not right. And I'm not going to listen to you just cause I'm younger. Like I was, I was that kid, um, but you know, it definitely followed through now as an adult. Like I don't let people tell me what to do. Like if it feels, if it's something I don't want to do, I'm not going to do it. Um, but that's like how I was raised is just like, you know, to, to be very independent. Um, and also I was like shipped off to, uh, private school outside mm-hmm. of uh, Detroit in Michigan for high school. So I live with my grandma who was like never home. Um, and so I was literally from school from 8 a.m. And then I wouldn't get home until like 7 p.m. Because ha- you had to do sports and clubs. Mm-hmm. And then I would be doing homework until 10 and doing it every day. And yeah. Uh, yeah. And starting, you know, leaving home and not being around your parents from the age of 14, like, you really learn to become, like, mentally independent and not – you literally become an adult four years earlier than most people. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. It's a different experience. Yeah. So speaking of family and all that, you know, our we consider our show a family affairs show. So we have a third co-host that we always bring on to ask one question, our little eight-year-old. Um, so Sandy's gonna go get him real yes, quick, and we and we've got a twenty month old that you know that when she gets older we'll be plugging her in the show too. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this you know when we first started the show I was like like you know we I want it to be family I want to involve the kids I don't want to you know because you know and again I'm glad that we have a career here that we're trying to build that we can do that now not everybody can do that and I mm-hmm. you know but if you can do that you should involve your kids as much as you can. Yeah, no, I agree. <clears throat> I mean, even if it's take your child to work once a month, you know, just for one day. So, cause I think sometimes kids can resent. Cause if you work 40, 50, 60 hours a week, sometimes a kid can resent mm-hmm. that. And then they take it out on other things. Whereas if you kind of involve them into your work, then they're like, oh, that's what mommy does, or that's what daddy yeah. does. My, you know? school, and then- my high school used to have a date where um, I think it was like every semester it was like parents' day, and parents could come in and sit in with you at class. Oh, cool. So I, I totally get that. I understand that. Hi, okay. Danny. Hi. What's your name? Um, Christopher. What's your favorite food? <laughs> favorite food, acai bowls. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's kind of boring, but I love acai bowls. They're really good. What's your favorite food? Pizza. Pizza. That's a good one. Do you like pineapple on your pizza? Uh, no. No. Oh, no. You gotta try. It. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, mommy likes that. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Dave. Nice to meet you. <laughs> he loves. He loves the little part and all that. You know, like. Almost most shows he's been part of. Yeah, sometimes like artist has seven percent. Sometimes <laughs> artists have to leave a little early, and of course, yeah. then then it's like, well, all of a sudden they got to go. <laughs> yeah. um, so, if you could co-write with any artist, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write about? 
Um, I would really like to co-write with Casey Musgraves. I oh, really love her writing style. I think it's this magical mm -hmm. and different mm -hmm. and special and quirky, which I really enjoy. So definitely. Yeah. Cool. So this past February made the five-year anniversary that we asked um, Kelsey Ballerini where she wanted to be in five years. And I always like to tell this story before I ask the artist that same question because yeah. what she told us was almost identical to what she's living now. So she knew where she was going. That's cool. Knowing that, where do you want to be in five years? I would hope to have a record deal, a good one and not a bad one. Um, I want to be signed and I want to be, I want to have, have already had like a few number ones on the country single chart. Um, and maybe two or three, maybe even four, who knows how this quarantine is going to go. Um, EPs out. I mean, and then I would love to have, you know, been singing on the Opry and, and maybe even win an award or something. that would be amazing. That would be really yeah. cool. Just performing on a big award show, you know, like the CMAs, that, that yeah. would be a mm -hmm. Now, let's say we look 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road, what, and you're a success on a grand scale. Whatever that looks like, you're there. Okay. If the person you are today could meet your future successful self, what would you remind her? Dang. Um, usually it's the other way. I don't know. Like you, like, know. what would you I, tell your past self? Never thought like about. We, we try to be a little different on our show. Yes. My future self. I would tell my future self to enjoy the moment and stop having anxiety about things that don't matter. Oh, I, I love that's that. powerful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's say you had a friend of yours and you heard him or her sing and they've got something special. As Simon Cowell would say, the it factor they have. Mm -hmm. But they've played only 40 or 50 shows. So they're still getting their feet wet on the performance side. But they've gotten on stage and I got what every artist says, that stage bug where they look over the crowd and the crowd's roaring for them and they know they're in the right place. And they come to you and they say, I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next few years? Follow your intuition. Um, don't let people basically tell you what to do. I know that sounds terrible, but like if, if someone tells you to like wear a cowboy hat and like dress a certain way, that's not you, don't do it because you're not gonna be happy and you're gonna feel like a fake and a fraud. So definitely follow what you want to do, um, even if others want to try to put you in a different category, like follow your intuition and what you want to do and what you know is right. Because you know, you know. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Sandy's got a few questions. All right. If you could go on vacation anywhere in the world, where would you want to go? Ooh. Hard one. You know, I'm probably, I was talking to my friends I met on a trip to Europe um, and they're from Australia and I haven't been to Australia yet, so I'd really like to go to Australia. Uh, oh, wow. awesome. We live in Sydney, so I want to go visit down yeah. there. Yeah. All right. And how would you describe your music to someone who has never heard it before? I would say it's positive, um, upbeat, and 
man. I, I guess a little bit quirky, but it's just like being positive and independent, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome. And my last question, uh, what do you want to be known for as an artist? What do you need to be? With Say that music? again, you froze a little bit. Oh, sorry about yeah. that. What do you want to be known for as an art artist, your legacy with your music? What do you want that to be? My legacy? Yes. Oh, sorry, it's, you're freezing a little bit. Um, sorry about that. <laughs> you're totally fine. Um, my legacy. You know, I've never really thought about that. You know, I, I've, um, I just want people to listen to my songs like years from now. Cause I love listening to older, I love all genres of music. And, um, I listen to like music from the seventies and the eighties and nineties and early two thousands, like all over the place. And it's really cool. Like I have specific songs I'll listen to that just, you know, just speaks so much and I want my song, I want my legacy to have my songs be timeless. Just like my favorite songs. Like I think it'd be really cool. Like, you yeah. know, 30 years from now, someone listens to my song and it's still like, it sounds, it just relates and is relevant and is timeless. That's what, that's what I want my legacy to be. Love that. Yeah. So as we come to a close here, what is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do? <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> I've never wish you would ask. I mean, I feel like y'all really hit some really great questions. Questions I've never even thought of. Um, I, I don't know. There's not, I feel like there's, I don't, I honestly have no idea. <laughs> Well, you know, that's when we know we did right, because, again, yeah. you know, we built our show around that one question, like like the quirk, you know, about 50, 60, maybe 100 episodes back, our girl named Francelle, her answer for that was, I just wish somebody would ask what's quirky about me. And we like that one so much. It's been in every episode. So we yeah. built our show kind of around the answers that artists give us. So. Interesting. <laughs> I'm sorry I don't have one. I really don't know. I've never because I'm more of somebody who like listens to other people and like asks mm -hmm. them questions and like yeah I'm very empathic <laughs> when it comes to that so I'm not used to like I don't know like having a role reversal there. <laughs> <laughs> so as we come to a close here, um let everybody know how they can reach you. Yeah. Um y'all can reach me at Danny Taylor Music, D A N I Taylor, like on the screen right there. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> And it's Danny Taylor Music on TikTok, Twitter, Spotify, Apple Music, Facebook, um, Instagram, where else? Bands in town. You can follow me everywhere. You can also follow me at DannyTaylorMusic.com as well. Love that. You know, we really enjoyed having you on today, and we for sure look forward to having you back down the road. Well, thank you very much. Thank you so much. I appreciate being here today. <laughs>